0: Praise the Lord, Pineview. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And all of you on Facebook Live. Uh, Let's first pray, and let's remember our pastor and Lisa, and also especially Sister Karen Hanahan. She has been in the hospital, and a lot of stuff is happening to her tonight. I'm sure she covets our prayers. So let's everybody pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to talk to you. You are a God that can do wondrous things, Lord. You can speak to our lives, turn them around, straighten us out, heal us, deliver us. Lord, work among us. Manifest your power and your glory and your excellency here tonight in this Bible study and in Sister Karen's room in the hospital. In Jesus' name we ask it and we thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing and continue to bless our pastor and his wife in Jesus name and we thank you Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay this is my conclusion of part two of what's in a name. You may have thought you were going to see something on Revelations but that was a misprint. Uh, Pastor wanted me to continue teaching on this. So let's first talk about Melchizedek. Is that up? Okay, Melchizedek. Oh, that's wrong. the that's wrong one. That's number one, not number two. All right. Let me begin to read uh, Hebrews chapter seven. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, verse two, to whom also Abraham gave a 10th part of all, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days, nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. What's in the name? Melchizedek is found in two places in the Old Testament. After Genesis, the first place, his name is recorded, a hundred some years pass, hundreds of years pass actually, and David in the Psalms brings him up. And now, here in the New Testament, we find him in the book of Hebrews in chapters 5, 6, and 7. And the Judeo-Christian world ponders him. Sermons have been preached about him. What's in the name? By interpretation, King of Righteousness. So going back to Genesis 14, verse 18, it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him a tenth, he gave him tithes of all. After Abraham's triumphant war with the four kings, who had taken Lot and all of his substance, as well as Sodom and substance, and others, other towns that were about, Abraham is first met by the king of Sodom. And then, like an interlude, this verse shows up. Melchizedek. And the first thing he does does is he brings bread and wine. The first communion. Hebrews 7 and 7 says, And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. So Melchizedek is better than Abraham. And Abraham paid him tithes. Now, when you look at Melchizedek, you find that Melchizedek is from two Hebrew words. One is translated king, and one is translated justice, rightness, righteousness. First being by interpretation, that's what Paul was looking at, king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Who is the king of righteousness? Who is the king of peace? (laughs) There's a lot of Bible that points to Jesus Christ. And we learned earlier in Hebrews 7 and 3, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. This speaks of God's love and provision from right off the beginning. And all this is wrapped up in the name Melchizedek. You know, there's only one mediator. 1 Timothy 2 and 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and God. And men, the man, Christ Jesus. John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way to God is through the mediator, Jesus Christ, the man. In the Old Testament, you could not go into the Holy of Holies. But once a year. And only through the high priest. But the veil has been torn. And Jesus, our high priest, is the way, the truth, and the life. In my last lesson, I declare to you From the King James Version of the Bible, many of the various titles given to Jesus. In Timothy it says he is the blessed and only potentate, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Isaiah says he is the Prince of Peace. One of the Gospels calls him the Governor. The Old Testament says the Ruler. And we know he is the scepter that won't depart from between his feet. And he's the crown of glory that sits upon his head all wrapped up in the name of Jesus. Who declared to the Jews that he was the I Am. And he also let them know that he was the I Am that I Am. Later. In John 8 and 58 and... John 10, 9, and 11, it says this. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Not I was, but I am. And then in John 10, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. And of course you know, He is also the Lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. And we just learned, He's after the order of Melchizedek, a high priest who's going to offer up the land? And we know He's the temple, and the chief cornerstone of the temple, and the master builder of the temple, all wrapped up in the name of Jesus. We also talked about the tetragrammation, the Hebrew script, Yad hu wah hu which we now view as Y-H-W-H or Y-H-V-H which we transliterate into Yahweh and, or Jehovah according to whether it's Y-H-W-H or Y-H-V-H and we also looked at Elohim Elif, Lamed, Heh, Yad and Mem E-L-H-Y-M which we interpret to be Elohim Now, Jehovah or Yahweh means self-existent, eternal. Whereas Elohim means plural of majesty, our everything. So we have Jehovah, I am, I exist. Doesn't matter what time it is, I'm here, I'm alive, I'm there. And we have our everything, I am that I am. So in the Old Testament, it's called Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the Y-H-W-H, the AM, And we have God, the Elohim. The plurality of majesty. And Lord God, or Lord my God, or Lord our God, Lord thy God, is throughout all the Old Testament. And wrapped up in this name is King, Redeemer, First and last, Savior, the one that formed thee from the womb, that maketh all things alone by myself, none else, no one beside me, no other Savior, no other God formed before or after me. Plus a whole lot more. Isaiah 44 and 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. That's, thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and Israel's Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. That's what that's saying. I am the first and I am the last. Beside me there is no God. Isaiah 45 and 6. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Isaiah 42 and 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. Remember, God, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Y, H, W, H, the self-existent will not give his glory to another. And from the rising of the sun to the west, that's everybody, you are to know there is none beside him. There is none else. God wants that known. Isaiah 43, 10 and 11. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Paul said years after he had been in the church and in the ministry, oh, that I might know him. There was a hunger and a desire and a thirst to know God more than he knew him. We need to get a hold of that. John 14 and one says, let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me that ye may know and believe me that I am he. And Jesus wants to know, who do you say I am? No God formed before or after. The self-existent said, there is no savior beside me. No one sitting next to me that is a savior. Isaiah 44 and 24, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. God is conceived as unique and perfect, free from all faults, Deficiencies and defects, and further held to be omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, and completely infinite in all of his attributes. Who has no partner or equal, being the sole creator of everything in existence, he is considered to be the absolute one without a second. Invisible, indivisible, excuse me, an incomparable being who is similar to nothing and nothing is comparable to him. And this is all wrapped up in Lord God. What about Jesus? Revelations 22 and 16 says, I am the root and the offspring of David. The bright and the morning star. Luke 20, 41 through 44 says, how, Jesus is speaking, he's asking the Jews, how say they that Christ is David's son? And David himself saith in the Psalm, book of Psalms, the Lord said unto my Lord. And it's not showing here, but one of the Lords should be capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And the other Lord is lower K, or capital L, lowercase O-R-D. Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore calleth him Lord. How is he then his son? I think Jesus would like everyone to know that he's his own grandpa. I mean, I am the root of David and I am the offspring of David. There is none like him. And there are a lot of people in his day that did not understand this truth. I mean, he had those Jews scratching their head. The Lord said unto my Lord. I think if I remember right, they quit asking him questions. <laughs> John 1 and 3. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. John 1 and 14. And the Word was made, flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And just like you learned in our last lesson, He is His own Father. He made all things, therefore the word that was made flesh or the flesh that was made to house the word is the father of all things. No partner or equal. We have talked about this light who is the S-U-N of righteousness that rises with healing in his wings, Malachi. This shepherd who is the lamb this door, who is the very house of the door, this cornerstone, who is the master builder. No wonder the Jews said, What manner of man is this? Who art thou? Who makest thou thyself? And Jesus said in Revelations 1 and 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. 21 and 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the waters of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my people, my son. Whom makest thou thyself? That's who. Now, let's look at some of the things that the church world has confused because they're looking through this spectrum, this lens that they have created, this man-made starting point. In Genesis 22, 2, and then 6 and 7, it says this. And he said, this is Abraham being instructed to take Isaac and Sacrifice him. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into, a mountain, into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell thee of. And then verse six. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? For yes. There are some who look at Abraham here in this setting, and they say this is a type of God the Father. Who takes his son, Isaac, as a type of Jesus, the son of God. And offers him up as a sacrifice. That's wrong. Totally wrong. Indulge me for a minute. And let's continue reading. Genesis 22 and 8, and then 12 and 13. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And then the angel comes along and says, as Abraham is about to plunge the knife into Isaac, and he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou any harm thing unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. And Abraham looks behind him and finds a ram. Going on in verses 14 through 18, and Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of the heaven, the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of thine enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. This Abraham is called the father of faith. And his faith believed for a miraculous birth because he birthed as a child in his old age. And that son that was born of faith will have a sacrifice provided for him that God will provide. The story is climax with the Lord, our provider, Jehovah Jireh. This is what it's really about. Jehovah Jireh. God who provides the sacrifice. And Abraham's declaration, God himself will provide a lamb. And because he had obeyed, the seed of the woman that would bruise the head of the serpent is now going to come through Abraham, the seed that will be a sacrifice for us, who by faith have been born of the water and the spirit, born again, this is the sons of God that Isaac represented. Now, we talked about the word Elohim being the plural of majesty, citing Exodus 7 and 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, He have made thee a god to Pharaoh. And Moses did not become three persons, but became superior to all 34 gods of Egypt. Moses was not, not just a god of the sun and superior to their ra, or the other, there's, I think, four other sun gods that they worship, But rather, to every god they worshiped. And in that, God, Elohim, judged the gods of Egypt. And I hope you remember the Holy One, none beside me, none else, by myself, and don't forget, alone. But let's consider the Trinitarian view that one person is take talking to one or two others. That are gods, or God. Genesis 1 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. First, they are assuming it's God talking to God. Total assumption. It could be he is talking to angels. Or. It could be that it's a prophetic utterance from God speaking to the man that he will create in the future. When the fullness of time comes. That he created from the very beginning. According to scripture. Isaiah 46 and 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand, I will do my pleasure. But let's go with their thought. So, God created man in his own image. Then, shouldn't we be three persons? A father, a son, and a spirit. Sorry, uh, We are a body, a soul, and a spirit, but is that three persons? Or are you one person with one name? And then, there's verse 27. So God created man in his own image. How come this is not plural? I believe in the Hebrew consensus that is, it's talking about angels. I agree with them. But, I was not there like the pastor might insinuate. (laughs) Therefore, I'm not certain. Look how the royal pronoun is used in the scripture in Ezra 7, 12 through 13 and then verse 24. Artaxerxes is the king. Artaxerxes, king of kings, unto Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of the God of heaven, perfect peace, and at such a time, I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm, which are minded of their own free will to go up to Jerusalem, go with me. <coughs> Verse 24. Also, we certify you that touching any of the priests and Levite singers etc cetera, et cetera, ministers of this house of God. It shall not be lawful to impose toll, tribute, custom upon them. So this is why I believe, let us make man, and so God created man in his own image, that this is a royal pronoun that is being used by the king. For the Lord God is speaking to his creation as Artaxerxes the king addressed his people. And when he said we, he was referring to his whole kingdom. And if you disagree, well, were you there? So you have to admit, you are assuming as much as I am assuming. We really don't know. Why, Father... Son and Holy Ghost, Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen and 19. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. This is the only place where one is instructed to baptize in the words, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But note, all power is given unto me, not us, but me. Therefore, name, not names. The article, the, is before Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in the King James Version of the Bible. You would never say the car, but you would say the husband, the son, the father, Carl, however, is my name, and the Carl is not proper English. And this is a command to baptize in the name. And the apostles were obedient, not disobedient. They understood Jesus better than anybody else. Acts 2.38, Peter gets up and says, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you, your father, children, all that are for all. Okay, I got carried away. And of course, that was the first time somebody said, what do we do? That's what was responded. And then chapter 8 and 16, many years later, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them. History tells us only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Acts 10 and 48, Peter again, many years later, comes to the Gentiles. And he orders them, after receiving the Holy Ghost, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 25 years later, Paul is in the upper coast of Ephesus and preaches to these people that have been baptized in John, under John the Baptist. And they're rebaptized because, and when Paul When they heard this, Paul's message, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. No one in scripture was ever baptized in the words Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They were all baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, which is Jesus Christ. His name's God power, John 20 and 31. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus Christ that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of, the, of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Acts 10 and 43, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Luke 10 and 17, the 70 return with great joy and they return again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils, are subject unto us through through thy name. Even devils, besides everything else, are subject unto us through thy name. So, let's go back to Matthew 28, 18 and 19. All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This tells me that the Father's name The Son's name, the Holy Ghost's name, is Jesus. This speaks of one. Let's look closely at Lord Jesus Christ. According to the Strong's and Thayer's, Christ means anointed, that is Messiah. Matthew 1 and 16, it says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So you see how this is used. Matthew 16, 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Matthew 24 and 5. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, I'm anointed flesh, and shall deceive many. Christ is not his name. It's a title. It means anointed flesh, Messiah. The Lord whom Israel sought, whom they delighted in. Remember that scripture in Malachi. We're going to talk about it again. But I just wanted you to remember that one. Again, Strong's and Thayer's, Lord, means He to whom a person or thing belongs, possessor and disposer, owner, master, supremacy, supreme authority. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Lord is not a name, but a title, the master, the ruler, the supreme. And then finally, Jesus, according to Strong's and Thayer's, Jesus uh, means Joshua or Joshua, however you want to say that. That's the Old Testament word for it, for Jesus. And it means Jehovah Savior. Matthew 1.23 says this though, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. So how you need to look at this is call his name, which is Jesus. They're gonna call Jesus, Emmanuel. And then Matthew 1 and 21, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Emmanuel is, is a description of the name, a title that the name is called. While Jesus is the name which we see throughout the New Testament meaning Jehovah, Savior, or Jehovah has become our salvation. That becomes our sacrifice. Who is God with us? Then when you look back at the Old Testament, we find Isaiah 43 and 3 and 11. And then 45 and 21. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for thee. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Verse 21 of 45. Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together who hath declared this from ancient time, who hath told it, From that time have not I the Lord and there is no God else beside me, a just God and a savior. There is none beside me. I've told you this from the beginning. Isaiah 16 and 16. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the Gentiles and shalt suck the breasts of kings and thou shalt know that I the Lord am thy savior and thy redeemer the mighty one of Jacob. Hosea 13.4 Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt and thou shalt know no God but me for there is no Savior beside me. This God, this Yahweh Elohim is our Savior and there is none else. Let's take a closer look at Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The first, the Son. Verse 1 Timothy 2 and 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And then Hebrews 2 and 17, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Of course, you know how the reconciliation came about. Not as the high priest, but as the lamb. Hebrews 2. Here in Hebrews 2, you see the difference between Melchizedek and Christ Jesus. It behooved him to be made like unto His brethren. And 1 Timothy 3 and 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit. God was seen of angels. God preached unto the Gentiles. God was believed on in the world. God was received up into glory. God was in the flesh doing these things. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. To wit, that God was in Christ. The anointed flesh. God was in. Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in the flesh, making it anointed. The made flesh. Christ and Messiah, which means anointed flesh. The first flesh God lived in reconciling the world not imputing their trespasses and then remember Malachi 3 and 1 behold I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in behold he shall come saith the Lord of hosts. So the Lord whom Israel seeks, their Messiah, will come to his temple and the narrator, Jehovah, the self-existent, says John the Baptist is going to be before me and he's going to prepare the way for me. And the Lord, this king, this Messiah, whom you, Israel seeks, is the messenger of the covenant. And the covenant being, I'm going to live in you. Which Jesus is the first to experience. The first fruits. Jeremiah 31, 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 28. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. and ye shall keep my judgments and do them and ye shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers and ye shall be my people and I will be your God. This was the promised covenant. Yahweh, God, his spirit living in us. This was God's desire, our body becoming his house. That he would be our God and we would be his people. A marriage, a relationship. Joel said it this way. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my Spirit. Yahweh, your Elohim. You need to know I want to live in you. You are to be my house. And Jesus was the first fruits, the firstborn, the first begotten. In John 14 and 26, and 14, 16, and 18. Put 26 before the 16 and 18. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your amendments, whatsoever I have said unto you. So here we have the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, the Father, and the, and the Son is speaking. Verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. Who's the Spirit of truth? Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. God was in Christ. And now God wants to live in you. That is Jesus in you, the hope of glory. And remember John the Baptist saying, the one coming will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, hey, I got to go away. For if I go not away, the comforter won't come. The testator had to die so that the will and testament would be read and the heirs of salvation could receive what he had in his house. The Holy Spirit of promise. The promise. The Holy Ghost is Jesus. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, Unto us, a son is given. There are a lot of children and sons born in this world. And the government shall be upon this one's shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Again, this is King James Version. Verse seven. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. While he is a son, he is the father and not just the father but also the mighty God. This is his government, his kingdom And it is the self-existent who will perform this. And mind you, we've been learning about the kingdom of God. Brother Xavier did a wonderful job and and Sarah as well. Both of them, I thought they were exceptional. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Now here we have Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So let's take a closer look at the flesh, the Son, and the Creator, the Savior, the Lord God. Luke 22 and 42. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his garments and cast lots. So here is our examples of our model, of our example. Jesus Christ, that we are to follow. Our light, our way. This is not one lesser God praying to a greater God but our example manifesting how the flesh is to respond, made like unto his brethren. But what about things like 2 Corinthians 13, 14? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all, amen. Well, we need to look at what is being said here. The Lord Jesus Christ, grace from him, and the love of God. What is that talking about? The eternal God from Genesis to now. And the communion of the Holy Ghost. What's that talking about? Oh, that's talking about the spirit that's in me. That unites us. 1 Peter 1 and 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Through sanctification of the Spirit. Unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Same exercise. You need to look at what you're reading. If you believe they are referencing people. And not Characteristics. How many do you count? And to be fair and consistent, how many do you count here? First Thessalonians 3 and 11. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. Or Colossians 2 and 2. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Now Jesus is the only name here. The rest are titles. God, Father, Spirit, Holy Ghost, Christ. And each significant for its own meaning. But it's all wrapped up. In the name Jesus. We've shown you that. Jesus said, again, in Revelations 1 and 8 and 18 and 21, 6 through 7. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Verse 6 of 21. And he said said, said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. It is done. It is finished. You see, after the cross, it wasn't totally finished. Some things were finished, but this is when it's really going to be finished. And he is going to be your God. And he wants you to be his son. And here is water. What defender? God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's lesson. And hope to see you soon. Sunday, in Jesus' name. God bless.